and welcome to this week's episode of Spine Chillers and Serial Killers. I'm Becky. I'm Tash. And I'm Emma. Hi. Hi. Hello. Welcome back, everybody. <laughs> oh my god, that was really awkward. <laughs> I don't know what to say. It's really awkward because we literally talked to each other for an hour before. So it's just like, hi, we don't know what to say. Yeah. Well, we can't talk about what we were just talking about. So What, wearing no, no pants? We Wear- wearing no pants. We were talking who about wearing no, <laughs> wearing no pants. Who does uh, that, Tash? Wears know. dresses in the summer with no pants on. Hey, free the mm. bee. That's all I'm saying. Free the bee. <laughs> <laughs> I, I couldn't imagine wearing jeans, though. Imagine wearing skinny jeans with oh, no, no pants on. Oh, no, you don't wear no knickers with jeans. I actually know somebody who never wears knickers, <laughs> like, ever. With And she wears jeans. That's weird. I know. The problem with that is that you'd have to wash your jeans every time you wear them. So that's yeah. really poor for the environment as well. A skirt. <laughs> I love like... it. I love it. Yeah. Bad for the environment. Wear knickers. Save the planet. Yeah. <laughs> Bad for the environment. You should go tell her. Yeah, that your 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 no pant wearing is bad for the environment. I'm just I'm just thinking now. Have I seen her wear the same outfit two days in a row? <gasps> You couldn't wear jeans with no knickers and then wear them again. Well, no. But I feel like dresses and skirts are fine. Are you not? Oh, yeah, they're not. Seriously, are yeah. we not worried about like gusts of wind? Well, I feel like what a lovely show for somebody. <laughs> Make somebody's day. <laughs> well, yeah. I'd feel that everyone would know that I'm not wearing knickers. I'd feel so naked. (laughs) I feel like my bum would sag. I don't know. (laughs) To our friend's wedding. (laughs) You're not going to wear any knickers? Probably not, because you don't want to be LP, do you? I don't want to be LP. VPL, VPL. VLP. I was like, I still don't. Did you get VIP and VLP? A visible panty line. Oh, but that's where you wear a thong. You still get it though, don't you? And who wants to wear? I'd rather wear no pants than a thong. Thongs are awful. Can't deal with a thong. Just like having a constant wedgie. No, I practically only wear thongs. Really? Yeah. No, I'm, gra- I'm granny pants all the way, little boxer shorts. No. Like ladies well, this boxer shorts. this is fun shorts. for our listeners. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes, welcome to Please our podcast. Please let us know what underwear you wear. <laughs> <laughs> if any, if any. <laughs> Please write in to Chillers. <laughs> oh, no, I've nearly got our... Um... Email wrong there as well. <laughs> yeah. We're not off to a great start, are we? No. I feel like I cut that underwear... little bit out with me there. But <laughs> underwear chat, we probably need a different website and a different uh, email account for that. Maybe. Maybe. A different type of clientele. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, are you guys okay? Tasha. Tasha's ill, so yeah, that's I'm why she so sounds... sorry for however I sound. She sounds sexy. That you may hear for the wheezy, muchly laugh that will be with us throughout. We love the muchly <laughs> laugh. 
As soon as there's any sort of congestion there, I am just muttly. So, you know, but it it mixes things up a bit. I love muttly. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I think it makes a podcast, the muttly laugh. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, when we say something funny and you can just hear you wheezing like half dead in the background. (laughs) Tickles me. It does. There we go. There we go. (laughs) (laughs) Don't mind me. I'll be all right. (laughs) So, are you going to be all right? We're going to get through this. Yeah, I'll be fine. We're going to get through this. So, yeah. What a great song. Is that a song? Gonna make it, gonna make it, gonna make it through. I don't know. I'm not trendy enough, man. Oh, talking about not... You don't have to be trendy to know him. That was years ago. Oh. (laughs) That's how untrendy I am. (laughs) Speaking of being untrendy, I tried to go on Reddit earlier because I thought, you know, marketing the podcast, getting word out there, I might be able to get some good tips, whatnot. Go on Reddit. Get some good ghost stories and stuff. You know, there's, there's subreddits about ghosts. I'll go on there. I'll be cool. I hadn't got a fucking clue what was going on. Oh, I don't understand. I think I've been on it once. Didn't understand at all. I had no idea what was going on. I tried to post something. I'd read all the guidelines, posted something. It's been removed. You need to read the guidelines. I was like, what the fuck, man? I did read the guidelines. (laughs) So I don't know. And I asked my husband. I hate stuff like that as well, because they don't tell you what you've done wrong. They're just like, nope. Not for you. No. Yeah. But like, my husband is quite into like cryptocurrency and stuff like that. So he oh, tries yeah. to he tries to go on um, on Reddit and and he posts stuff and it gets systematically deleted as well. So we're both like, well, f- fuck this. And he's oh, quite tech savvy, so you know, if if he can't do it, I'm just assuming it's really hard. So I just feel like they need to tell you why it's being removed as well, so we can correct the errors of our ways. Indeed, indeed. But I was just told you didn't read the guidelines, and I was like, "But I did read the guidelines." I did. I did. <laughs> Maybe I didn't understand the assignment. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh God, that's the story of my life, Becky. That's how I feel every day. <laughs> yeah, of the amount of times it happened in school. I didn't understand. <laughs> oh, it's Becky with her I'm voices. Sorry. Love yeah. <laughs> There's going to be more to come in my story later. <laughs> I can't wait. Oh, I, when I was editing one of the episodes, you did another voice, and I can't, I can't remember what it was now. Oh, moan, moaning Myrtle. That's another impression that you can do. <laughs> oh, I'm moaning Myrtle. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, uh, oh, I don't think we talk about Harry Potter on this podcast. No, no. Do. If ever we get popular enough that they decide to do a drinking game, that should definitely be part of the drinking game. If we mention if we mention Harry Potter, you have to at least either down the rest of your drink if you're halfway through or at least have a gulp. I tell you what, if uh, somebody really wanted to do a drinking game to get hammered, I would not edit a podcast and they could have a, have a shot every time one of us went, um... <laughs> Well, you'd see on our stats that people would just pass out after 20 minutes (laughs) (laughs) and stop listening. Oh, yes. The amount of ums and hmm and we touch so much. Yeah. I I don't think I do it in real life. It's just because I'm trying to read and think 
Yeah. Reading but I and think thinking. Tutting and erming is also a little bit part of like French culture because you do ba in like uh, like a lot in French, don't you? But yeah. I'm not sure we do it as much in English. No, but that's actually yeah. a fair point, Tash, because you don't erm half as much as me and Becky. Me and Becky have almost identical vocal tics. But is that because I'm... I'm just here for the ride, guys. I... Don't speak as much. I'm not reading from everything. I'm just talking from what's literally coming into my head, whereas you guys are coming from notes, so you're having to think a lot more. Possibly. 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 And I kind of don't want everyone to know that sometimes I can't read very well. (laughs) (laughs) And I lose my place all of the time. (laughs) Uh, who's starting? You, I think. Oh, I think it's Emma too. Okay, so today I'm going to talk about the Waverly Hills Sanitarium. Oh, I love a good sanitarium story. Whoop, whoop. It's <laughs> <laughs> what we've all been waiting for. <laughs> so, in, Louis- in Louisville, oh my God, off to a bad start. In Louisville, Kentucky. <laughs> In Louisville, Kentucky, in 1883, Major Thomas H. Hayes bought the land to use as a family home, and he soon realised that there wasn't actually anywhere close by to send his kids to school, so he decided to open up a school on the property. I mean, that feels like a rookie error. Yes. As a parent, before we move somewhere, do we not research schools? Yeah. Yeah. You'd look at the catchment area, but in 18... 1883. What? Still feels stupid to me, but hey, where anyway, does this guy live? This is the way the story goes. Okay. So he decided to open up a school on the property. One of the teachers that he hired named the school Waverly Hills based on her love for the Waverly novels written by Sir Walter Scott. Major Thomas liked the name, so it stuck. Lovely. In 1910, the Board of Tuberculosis bought Waverly Hills to use it as a TB hospital. Originally, it could accommodate 40 to 50 patients. In the early 1900s, Jefferson County was severely stricken with an outbreak of tuberculosis. There were many tuberculosis cases in Louisville at the time because of all the wetlands along the Ohio River, which was perfect for the tuberculosis bacteria. So as the number of cases grew, the hospital expanded in response to the demand for beds, eventually reaching a massive five floors, being able to house over 400 patients. Oh, wow. That's that's a big extension, isn't it? it? I mean, this building, we'll post photos of it, but it is ginormous. It is yeah. huge. Don't you have tuberculosis for years as well? Doesn't yeah. it stay dormant for a while? Yeah. And then be like, uh, hello. These um, these poor people that went to hospital, they weren't just... I mean, let's be honest, most of them died because at that point there wasn't any cure and, you know, the antibiotics hadn't been uh, discovered. There wasn't any jabs or anything like that. So these people lived in this hospital for years. They weren't just in there for a few months. They were in there for years. So at the time, Waverly Hills Sanatorium was thought to be the top TB hospital in the country, even though some of the procedures nowadays seem a bit medieval. One such technique was an operation to remove some of the patient's ribs, 
uh, basically allowing the the most effective lung to deflate, and then the patient would be put on strict bed rest, and then after a little while they'd kind of reinflate the uh, lung, you know, to see if it had given it time to heal. Um. That's not That's how tuberculosis works. <laughs> no, only 5% of patients actually survived this procedure, and those who did were left with severe spinal deformities. Well, yeah, your rib cage is pretty important, isn't it? I mean, they didn't take all the ribs out, but they took a, yeah, yeah, a chunk. Yeah. Gross. Another technique was to leave the patients outside in the cold on the open air patios. Again, you'll see on the photos, but like every. Every level has like a huge, well, open air patio, like a huge balcony all along, you know, big enough oh. to roll all the beds out. And you can see photos of all these hospital beds just out in the cold, like even like in middle of winter when it's snowing and you can see all the snow on the beds and everything. Oh, blimey. Oh, yeah, because they thought that the cold air and sunlight would help the patients to heal. I don't know how true that is because I think... I vaguely remember one of my girls getting a really bad cough, could have been croup, and the doctor advised us to take her outside in the cold. To, you know, oh, croup. I have heard that for croup. So, you know, maybe there is something to it. I don't think it cures it. it. I think, I don't, I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is, because croup only really crops up at night, doesn't it? I, I can't so remember bad during the day. Honest. I don't know. Yeah, mine didn't ever have it. I was really lucky, but... I've had that. Take them outside, get some fresh air. Yeah, so that was yeah. you know that was what they were doing. Okay. Because of how highly contagious TB is, once you were at the sanatorium, you lived there and you were unable to leave. So the hospital grew all its own food and was completely self-sufficient. People who were being treated there stayed many years. Sadly, often the outcome was that they would never leave alive anyway. By all accounts, the hospital was actually a nice place. Now, this surprised me because, you know, when I get into a bit of the ghosty bit and the haunting, you kind of, ex you know, you expect evil doctors and horrible nurses and torture and experiments. And But apparently not at all. Apparently it was lovely to be there. Aww. All the staff was lovely. You know, they were doing their best to keep everyone's spirits up. So by all accounts, the hospital was a nice place to live and the patients were well-treated and happy. They made friends there. The food was excellent. Apparently, the staff were kind. Um, the children's ward was for both the kids oh. with TB and kids of parents that were infected by TB and had nowhere else to go. Oh. So, yeah, there was quite a lot of kiddies there That's as well. That's sweet, isn't it? Like... Yeah. Well, not ideal, but like at least they weren't separating the families if they had nowhere else to go. Yeah, no, no, yeah. no. Uh, I don't know what years it was. It must have been before this story. But having TB was actually fashionable because the gaunt, pale, skinny look that you get because you've got it was uh, fashionable at the time. So it was actually fashionable to have TB. Well, that's fucking nice. ridiculous. Yeah. I won't be trying that fashion. No. Yeah. A very, but you know, beauty is pain and death. Maybe that's where that uh, saying comes from. Yeah. Sorry, interrupted, but I thought that was interesting. <laughs> so, as treatments were not very advanced, one of the main theories in helping people was to keep their morale up. So, it was in no way, as far as I could find, a nasty place to be. Sadly, despite the best will in the world, people died from TB 
at its main peak about every hour in the hospital. Oh, wow. And to not discourage the other patients, they started using a tunnel which had been used thus far for bringing stock into the hospital. This tunnel got the nickname Death Tunnel or the Body Chute. Oh. There was a type of railroad wagon installed uh, with a pulley system so the staff could pull up the supplies and send bodies down the tunnel where a hearse or the family members would be at the bottom waiting to collect them. So is this a chute, like a whole, like almost like a laundry chute, or is it a tunnel where you push a wagon down? It's like a tunnel. As far as I could see, it was like a straight tunnel, and then it went down steeper, but you could still, like, walk up and down it on stairs. Like a mine. Yeah, it wasn't like a a sheer drop. Yeah. It's just like a, um, a, uh, a little hill. Yeah, okay. There is also a mass burial ground in the grounds of the sanatorium that was necessary to cope with the sheer amount of corpses. So I imagine quite... I mean, if you have, like, whole families that are there, you know, there's nobody else to come and collect them, is there? So into the mass burial ground you went. Yeah. A cure wasn't found until 1940, and even then it took another six years for it to become visibly effective. So only in 1946 was the TB epidemic deemed under control and Waverley Hills was closed. I have seen reported that over 60,000 people died at Waverley, but after researching further, I do think it seems more realistic that the number would have been between 10 and 15,000. God, that's immense though, isn't it? Yeah. There's still a hell of a lot of people. So mm-hmm. just as a side note, because I did not know this and I found it quite terrifying, a total of 1.5 million people died from TB in 2020. Wow. Yeah. Vaccines, people. Well, they, they don't vaccinate against it anymore, do they? No, they don't. We all had TB so, vaccines, but the kids don't. Yeah, you had the BCG, didn't you? So yeah. I remember... Esme had it, my eldest, who's nine, but then when I inquired about it for my youngest, who's seven nearly, they said, no, we don't do it anymore. So they only do it in, like, European, like, in so in France, they said they only do it in, like, ethnic minority um, groups. And then, and then when I then moved back to the UK, I inquired again, and they said they don't, you know, in certain communities they do it, but where we lived it it wasn't it wasn't a major issue so they didn't do it anymore yeah yeah no neither of my kids have had the tb jabs so tb is the 13th leading cause of death and the second leading infectious killer after covid19 wow so and it's above hiv and aids wow but on the wow. happier side, an estimated 66 million lives were saved through TB diagnosis, diagnosis and treatment between, 20, um, between 2000 and 2020. That's yeah. good. Because I just thought TB was a thing of the past. I did not think it was still killing ridiculous amounts of people. But uh... Yeah, in certain countries, I think maybe obviously not so much in European countries, but in sort of like African countries or... I mean, probably America because it's such a vast country, isn't it? But um, I think I read China and India, um, that kind, you know, East Asia. Oh, really? Mm. 
Yeah. But don't quote me on that because... I yeah. I mean, don't quote me on what I said either. Don't, in fact, just it. don't quote me ever. <laughs> <laughs> Unless it's on a t-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. In 1961, Waverley was reopened as an old folks' home and renamed Woodhaven Geriatric, Geriatric Sanatorium. It was for the elderly with dementia or Alzheimer's or that had like massive mobility issues that just could not look after themselves. And they also took in severely mentally ill patients. In contrast to Waverley Hill, now this apparently is a really horrible place because, uh. because of understaffing and budget cuts. There weren't enough staff to look after the amount of patients um there's even rumors that some some of the patients were experimented on many patients would be left in their own filth for days on end it was closed in 1982 because of the reported abuse and neglect of patients that's still 20 years well 19 years that it was open though abusing and neglecting old people and mentally handicapped people and only closed in the 80s which actually wasn't that long ago no Mm -hmm. yeah so then some guy wanted to use it as a prison but there was uproar from the community so that idea got squished and then another guy wanted to turn it into a big place of worship and build the biggest statue of Jesus in the world, a bit like the one in Rio de Janeiro. Is that right? Oh, yeah. Is that where that big, massive statue of Jesus is? I think it is, yeah. Uh, But he wanted one bigger than that. It's always bigger, isn't it? Bigger isn't always better. They've always got to go bigger. But anyway, he had insufficient funding, so that also fell through. So in 2001, Tina and Charlie Mattingly bought the sanatorium and slowly began trying to restore it. It took two years alone just to get rid of all the debris and remove any dangerous substances. They na- I know. They now, I mean, it's really run down um, from what I've seen. It's like quite dilapidated. They now use it to give ghost tours and host a haunted house there every Halloween. All funds raised are used to repair and restore the building to its former glory. So you might ask yourself, why the ghost tours? Well, let me tell you, as you can imagine, a place that has seen so much death and despair is now considered to be one of the most haunted places in America, if not the world. Oh, wow. I know. That's a bold statement, isn't it? Uh It is, but... I felt like I should have gone bum, bum, bum. <laughs> I need to learn how to add little side effects. Um, not side effects. <laughs> oh, fucking side effects. I've got va- vaccines on the brain. Sound, Sound effects. effects. Yeah. Side effects, fuck's sake. What did you um, want there? What type of sound effect alright yeah something something to you know build up a bit of tension what like the Jaws music yes my leg I got anxiety that that film scarred me so much I just watched I'm obsessed if you watched it now you'd be like how shit is that I know I wouldn't I love Jaws yeah, but, but it's not good quality, is it? No, it's not. Well, no, but we, you know, we're spoilt now with all the like CGI and stuff. But I love a good yeah. shark film. I, I, I am kind of obsessed with shark movies. So have you seen that really crap one, Meg, or whatever it's called? I was just going to say, me and Ben watched the Meg last week. It gave me a panic attack. 
Oh, did it? But it's awful. Why? Don't you think it's a really crap film? But films about sharks are generally quite crap, and that's what I love about yeah, them. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, you're, maybe you're right. Maybe my expectations are too high. Did you well, watch? Yeah. Um, did you watch Sharknado? <laughs> Yes, of course I watch Sharknado. Oh, I've never love, seen that. Love Sharknado. It's got that guy but out of I... Beverly Hills 90210 in it, hasn't it? Yeah, I think that's supposed to be bad, though. Well, yeah, but like all shark movies are supposed to be a little bit bad. They are. It's, it's corny, it's cheesy. I love them. Oh, there's another one that gave me really bad um, anxiety where that... What's it called? She that girl. She's surfing and she she ends up stranded on a big rock and she's just being circled the entire what, film Blake, by this Blake Live Lively. Is it Blake? Yes, that's Blake? it. That's that's her. What was that called? I don't know. Probably something like Surf's Up. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> open water. Was it open water or yeah. is that the one where the couple get left behind when I they're think... diving? <gasps> oh. So, so much many like, great films. There's something like 39 <laughs> metres down or something like that where they get stuck in a shark cage and it falls off. Ooh. And they have to stay in I the cage. That one. <gasps> That's anxiety. Uh, See, the, quite... the, the one that gave me the most anxiety in horror films was The the Descent when they're trying to squeeze through all the small holes in a cave. It's not the yeah. monster, it's squeezing through the holes and getting stuck. And I'm not claustrophobic, but in a cave where you can't see anything, you might get stuck. Oh, that gives yeah. me, that panics me. It's making me panic now thinking about it. This, uh, for me, it's the sea. The sea just gives me anxiety. So you stick a bloody shark in there as well. Well, yeah, that um, would make me a little bit, a little bit of anxiety but- with that. Open Waters was the one where the they went diving and then the the tour guide just forgot about them, and they That's all left and they were just left I think in open. I've seen that actually, and that was horrendous. The entire film, I was just like needing a paper bag to breathe. But I, I, why are you watching them if they're making you feel that uneasy? Well, to be honest, I would never watch that one again. Uh, I don't know why. I just fancied watching a shark film the other day, so we well, stuck the Meg on. No, I mean, great. Well, go, um, go some um, murder um, gives me anxiety as well, but here we are. Here we are. Uh, no, I think to be fair, my anxiety is touchy at the minute. It's, I mean, Ben, yeah. I fell asleep, had a bath, and then fell asleep on the bed. And he shouted me, not realising I was asleep, made me jump, gave me a panic attack. Oh, that's horrible. And literally, I came down half an hour later going, I think I, I think this is it, Ben. I'm dying. I'm on my way out. And he was like, no, you're just having a panic attack. But yeah, oh, it was horrible. And it was ju- literally just because he'd made me jump. <laughs> yeah. I had a, my husband gave me a panic attack once because he snored too loud. <laughs> <laughs> and I couldn't sleep. And then I was like, I've got work in a few hours and I can't sleep because this next to me won't shut up okay. yeah it was so oh. horrible i'm sorry i had to had to bounce the c word you can beep that out you might have to but no <laughs> no he was snoring but, I mean, and i was put explicit to... but not that explicit oh well beep it she just said it so nonchalantly didn't she she, she yeah she wouldn't mess i'm with one you. of them people that that can say it though and i don't go all weird 
Some I people don't just don't care say about it. saying it, but I don't think I'd say it on a podcast. Okay, well, beep it then. But I'm not judging you, babes, because I do love you. You are judging me. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't judge you for not wearing knickers. <laughs> oh, I, I did a bit. I did no, a bit. I was, I was, being, <laughs> I was I'm joking. You need to get a lie. <laughs> try it. Honestly, in the summer, try not wearing knickers. You will free, feel free. <laughs> anyway, right, yeah. Do, um, what will we do? Will let's we do go back podcast? to let's cut that out. Go back to your story. <laughs> Fuck's sake. Like? <sighs> so, it starts as soon as you enter the building, as people have reported seeing an old woman with chains on her legs and blood dripping from her wrists in the entrance what, hall. As soon as they walk in, as soon as they walk <laughs> in, she's like. <laughs> Just You're like, like... <laughs> <laughs> uh, don't you want a bit of a build-up? Yeah, right? you'd be like, why don't are you want to be face? walking around thinking, for fuck's sake, why have we done this? Nothing's happening, and then all of a sudden it's like, hello. <laughs> <laughs> but when she's just, you admit it, you walk in, she's like, ooh, like no, babe, too soon. <laughs> right, well, she's the welcoming committee. <laughs> so she's crying, arms outstretched as if plead, pleading for help. It's not funny. <laughs> oh, God. God, we need an exorcist, man. It's not funny, but. I can't stop laughing. She's pleading for help, Tash. That's she's chained up, bleeding. I just feel like she asked too soon. She's dead. You know, there's all there's that. She's dead. I know. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. If I could help her, I would. Okay. No, okay. you wouldn't. If anyone came up to you on the street, you'd be like, "Oh, babes, I just woke up. Can you not? Can you wait?" <laughs> I'd be like, "Mate, I've just walked in." <laughs> I've been rest. shot. No, let me have my puppy first. <laughs> just wait five minutes. I'm wearing knickers oh. today. <laughs> it's not today. <laughs> Are we good? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> oh, dear. Um, could she have been one of the many souls to be locked up in Woodhaven Geriatric Sanatorium? It certainly seems like it. People have reported seeing a little boy known as Timmy on the fourth floor, and he likes to play with a ball. The ball is. <laughs> Why are we laughing? <laughs> Why do they have names? The ball. It's not the boy. It was the Timmy. Timmy. Tanny Timmy. T- Timmy. Timmy. <laughs> That's not what I think when I think Timmy. I think it's Timmy. It's Timmy. <laughs> He's a little <laughs> lamb with a lot to learn. It's Timmy. That's what I think. <laughs> no, I think oh, no, of Timmy. I, I think of uh, South Park. Yeah, I think of South Park. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, That's who funniest... I was imagining. One of the funniest scenes of South Park ever, and I don't know why it tickled me as much as it did. But Timmy's like, Timmy! And one of them goes, Oh, shut up, Timmy! And he goes, Timmy! 
Okay, so Timmy, he's on the fourth floor and he likes to play with the ball. The ball has just has been seen just rolling around the hospital as if pushed by a ghostly force. Another child is Mary, who has been seen multiple times. Her distinguishing feature is she has no eyes. Lovely. Oh, oh that's horrible. Yep, that's pretty nasty. On the fifth floor, there is room 502, which is supposedly the most haunted room of the whole place. In 1928, the head nurse was found hanging just outside the room where she worked. They also found an aborted baby in the room. It is suspected that the young woman got pregnant. I know. But the young woman got pregnant out of wedlock and decided to take things into her own hands and performed the abortion on herself. And then hung herself. Yep. After witnessing her dead baby, she then made a noose and hung herself from the light fitting. In 1932, another nurse who also worked in room 502 jumped to her death from one of the roof patios. People have reported seeing a nurse, broken and dripping with blood, wandering around the fifth floor. And those who have ventured inside the room 502 have often heard the words, Get out! shouted at them. They have also heard the distinctive sound of a chair falling over, even though there are no chairs anywhere. Could this be the stool the nurse used to stand on before kicking it away to hang herself? Oh, that's sad. The hospital will also suddenly be filled with smells of cooking. Very distinctive smells fill the corridors. Bacon and eggs, pancakes, coffee. Almost like the cooks are still busy getting everyone's food ready, even in the afterlife. On the roof, which was where... Um, A lot of the children played. People have said they can still hear them playing and laughing and singing nursery rhymes. And multiple people have had little ghostly children show up on their photographs. That's mad. Mm. What, like, in the background? Yeah, like, they'll take a... Sorry, they'll take a photo of the sanatorium and there'll be a little ghost child on it. Peeking from behind a wall. Have you seen any of these photos online? Yeah, I've seen them in documentaries. I don't know about online. I'm sure a good Google, we could find some. Cool. The builders who work on renovating the building say they often hear the sound of someone walking next to them with the keys jangling as they walk. Or I can almost imagine like, you know, like you imagine a matron of a hospital with that massive loop of keys on her belt. The main thing people speak about in Waverley are the shadow people. At night, if the moon is bright, you can look up at the windows and see tons of shadow people passing in front of the windows, blocking the moonlight as they do. Creepy. And if you are inside the building, the movement of the shadow people is said to be totally overwhelming and constant, as if lots of people are still going about their duties, only not quite in the same world as us, just out of sight, but noticeable all the same. What do the shadow people look like? Are they just, like, silhouettes? yeah, they're like shadows, but like they block out light. They're not see-through. They're just like dark, yeah, yeah. silhouettes. Mm. A bit like what I sleep demons. Yeah, that's where they hang out when they're not coming to scare me. <laughs> In the death tunnel, people have used lasers to throw a beam down the length of the tunnel. Do you see what I mean? Like, yeah, you know the little lasers. Yeah. That's so the beam goes all the way down to the length down to the bottom only to have it blocked by someone or something 
that appears to get closer and closer and then just vanishing, leaving the laser beam full length once again. Oh, that's mad. Oh, that's horrible. I'd cry. Yeah. During the years that Waverley was left empty, an old homeless man and his dog apparently lived there, but sadly one day they both fell to their death through the elevator shaft. The owner has said... Yeah, that is sad. The owner has said that she has seen the old man multiple times and a dog just laying on the floor, but when she approached, they just weren't there anymore. Oh, that's so sad. She also said she had seen a silhouette of a man. A, a silhouette. <laughs> I feel like I've seen silhouette. a little silhouette <laughs> of a man. Calamouche, <laughs> calamouche. <laughs> Will you do the fandango? Thunderbolt of lightning, very, very frightening me. Galileo! Galileo! <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so <laughs> so she's seen a silhouette of a man dodge in and out of rooms when they first bought the property. She was convinced that it was actually someone that was possibly squatting there, but upon inspection, of course, no one was to be found. One paranormal group was walking through the death tunnels and one guy was convinced his friend was walking next to him the whole time. Only at one point, one of the members in front fell over and he heard his friend, who he thought was next to him, laugh. Only he was right up at the front of the tunnel. So he turned, confused, to look who was next to him and no one was there. Oh, that's horrible. That is in one of the many documentaries that I watched researching Waverley, I saw a medium channeling a TB patient called Penny. She said in a very pleasant and quiet voice that they are not stuck at Waverley. They just liked it there so much that they choose to come back and visit. It was their home. Yeah, it was their home and they loved it, even though many of them knew that they would never leave. They enjoyed their time there, which I actually thought was really lovely. That's really sweet. That makes me feel like emotional, but like a good emotional. Yeah, yeah. And that's it. That's my story done. That's Waverly oh, Sam. Penny. Thanks, Penny, because actually I was starting to get a little bit freaked out, but then Penny, she brought it back round and made me feel happy. So thanks, Pen. Yeah. yeah. We appreciate you. Yeah. So I, th- well I just done. thought that was really interesting. A, a, a yeah. huge place with a huge history and uh, quite a few ghosties by the looks of it. Yeah, I really liked that one. It was a lot nicer than uh, what I thought it was going to be when you said asylum. I didn't say asylum, I said sanatorium. Oh, yeah, <laughs> that thing. <laughs> I think my brain might have understood uh, asylum. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I-, I can do an asylum maybe next time. I'm sure it won't be quite as nice. No, they're horrible. I don't know if I'm, I don't know if I'm ready for that in a minute. Ah, so that was very fun. I enjoyed that. Like I say, it was a yes, lot happier than what I thought it was going to be. No problems. I'll try, I'll try and find a horrible one for you next week. Oh, no, because sometimes, like, sometimes they give me anxiety. Really spooky. Yeah. I still, even though we've had some quite creepy stories, it's still definitely the purple lips woman from your house that freaks me out the most. Thanks. <laughs> I'd forgotten about her. No, I'm, I don't think I'll ever forget about that. That's the most freaky thing I've ever heard. <laughs> no, I think the thing that frightened me the most was um, my friend Angie's story about the girl with the hair shoving her hair oh, down yeah. her throat. That made me oh, really Oh, that was really horrible. Yeah. Yeah that, that yeah, was that was unpleasant. I thought about that all week. 
So did was I part of that one, or did I just listen to the podcast? I can't remember. No, you you were definitely part of that one. And Becky's yeah. um, sleep demons—they they proper shut me up as well. <laughs> Sorry, yeah. that poor girl. You know when you I re-listen, I listened to that one in my car, and it was weird because. When I listen back to the podcast, as much as like I'm in some of them, it doesn't feel like I've heard them before. I know it's really weird, isn't it? But I forget everything almost. Yeah. Yeah, me too. Basically. Absolutely. That's basically what I'm saying. It's yeah. like I've never heard it before. And <laughs> I was in my car and I got so emotional listening to that one about that poor girl. Yeah, that was some of these yeah. are really tragic and really sad. Yeah. And the, the history is so fascinating. I really yeah, enjoy I doing so. this. I hope people enjoy listening because I really enjoy, you know, researching it and finding stuff out. And yeah, there's some ghosts and it's fun and it's spooky and stuff. But yeah, some of these places, the history is absolutely amazing and definitely worth talking about. So, so there. Becky, over to you. Happy upbeat murder for us today or? Well, it's still murder, but it's not as horrific as some of them. But, you know, it, it is still murder. It still ends up not not the best way. My story starts on February February the 11th, 2014, so a recent one. Around 8am, several gunshots were heard in the gated community of Fallbrook, California. We are straight into the murder, aren't we? Possibly. Yeah, like, see, like Emma's ghost I'm earlier. I'm not It's like the ghost, isn't it? Can we not ease ourselves into it? Eight o'clock in the morning. <laughs> Yeah. That's a bit much, isn't it? I know. I think if you have to get prepared, you at least an hour earlier, an hour or two. So yeah. She's getting up at six. That's, that's getting yourself up at six, isn't it? Yeah. By the time you've got up, had a shower. Polished your guns. Done your hair, done your makeup, yeah, polished your gun and put your, your bullets in it, you know, had a bit of breakfast. Put on your murder outfit. Your phone. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, kudos to that murderer. Mm. No. <laughs> Shall we not give kudos to any murderers? <laughs> I really agreed as well. I was like, yeah, yeah. And then I'll <laughs> dedication <laughs> to their craft, okay? Whatever. Go on. <laughs> <laughs> um at this time police received multiple nine one one calls saying that they had heard at least five shots. Uh, they described the situation as horrible and they could hear someone calling for help. Oh, no. Then, in the background of some of the calls, you could ha- start, you could hear even more gunshots. At least five oh. more rounds were, were shot, and you can hear them in the background of the 911 calls. But how slow they were, it was literally one, two, three. Oh, like, I that's how slow like they it. were. 911 mm-hmm. calls freak me out. I hate them. Yeah, they're horrible, aren't they? When you yeah, I don't like them. them. Yeah. I quite like them because I'm morbid. But yeah, yeah, they do panic me. Yeah. Some of the callers said the cat sounds were coming from one of their neighbours' houses that belongs to the Ustakio family. Dispatchers didn't waste any time sending police to the area. Police... Okay arrived to a very eerie scene with a bloody trail r- leading into the house. Oh, God. Full-on oh, horror so. film. Yeah. What happened? The house belonged to Giuard 
Estacio. So Giward is spelled G-E-O-W-A-R-D. I'm not Jonathan Rotting Gerard. It is Gerard. Gerard. Poor Jonathan Ross. Leave him out of this. He didn't ask for anything. <laughs> sure. He knows that he can't do ours. <laughs> as a W's to him. Um. So Gerard was a Gerard. It was a um estate agent. And he lived in the house with his wife, Laura, their two children, and his older son, who was 18, from a, a rep- previous relationship. Oh, it's the son. <laughs> Laura's mother, Cynthia um, DeBacca, had also been living with them since she had a stroke years prior. Is that granny then? So they've got granny. Yeah, grandma. Um, seeing her mother in ill health, Laura... Uh, decided that she wanted to look after her, so she came and lived with them. She had to, you know, since her stroke, she had to walk with a walking stick, had a very slow walk. So Gerard agreed, but with the with the understanding that it's his house and his rules. So um, a bit harsh for a granny she... who's just had a stroke, Gerard. Yeah, <laughs> I know it's a little <laughs> random thing. To... Easy, but he did take her. You know, he took her in under his wing. So yeah, he, um, he took her in. Under, under my rules. <laughs> she yes. better not put a foot out of line. She's out yeah. on her ear. I just can imagine him having, like, on the wall, you know, when people have, like, rules yeah, in our house. house rules. Always have fun. Like, but I can imagine he's, like, Gerard's rules. It's Gerard. It's Gerard. Gerard. No, putting your feet. Gerard. <laughs> Gerard, you're aren't you? Like... <laughs> picking on Granny. Leave Granny alone. Anyway, hold on. He's probably dead, so maybe we shouldn't pick on him. Well, you don't know. Who was it? Who? Um, oh, it's Granny. granny. <laughs> She's <laughs> rules. Cheeky sod. Respect your elders. Be, be nice yeah. to old people. Fuck's sake. See? Oh, how the tables have turned. Kudos to Granny, the killer now, eh? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, <laughs> she lived in the Granny Annex, which was a separate apartment above the garage. So it's not even so his this... house, really, is it? It's not even his roof, Jawad. It's his house, but she lived in like the Granny separate... Annex of it. So he's bitching for nothing. Well, it's still his house, I think. Mostly is. I mean, she. I think she's got had a, um, a good job. He's had a good job. They've got money. I think we've been harsh because. The likelihood is they made Granny sell her house and then they put all her equity into the house that they now live in. I don't know. I think we're I making assumptions. In, in I think we're making assumptions. <laughs> yeah. So Granny's there. She's on her best behaviour, bless her. Yeah. Uh, Gerard used to, to be a military reservist for the US Armed Forces. So does that mean he, he's not really okay. in the army unless they need him? kind of thing is that what that is i think so yeah and i think before becoming an estate agent that's what he did he was in the army okay so with his military background he was very set in his ways yeah that's why <laughs> he was very set in his ways harsh with granny yeah <laughs> and that's just how he liked to run his house he was hard on his children because he because he wanted them to do good and succeed he uh, also volunteered as a kids' rugby coach at their local school, and he was known there as like the strict, tough coach. Even though his expectations were hard to meet, so he's a big hard man, really. 
Yeah, his older son macho, macho uh, man. described him as like a macho man, you know, but kind of meaning well, apparently. Okay. And like any family, there were ups and downs. Tension arose between Cynthia, so that's Laura's mum, the grandma. So, so tension arose between Cynthia and her son-in-law, Gerard. Mostly over, he didn't like that she smoked. I mean, fair enough. If she's oh, had a stroke, wow. she shouldn't be smoking. Yeah. <laughs> but obviously she didn't smoke in the house because that was a big no-no and she respected his wishes. But even if she was smoking outside in the garden, he still would really have a go at her, especially if it was around his kids. I mean, let her live her life. She's old. Do you know what I mean? Like, I don't think her stopping smoking now is going to change much. Yeah. Especially if I she's mean, outside. If it's outside, I just think it's fair, as long as she doesn't leave her cigarettes everywhere. Yeah. He sounds like yeah. he used I to take a chill if... pill. Yeah, I think so. And this, uh, he had been known to go up to her if she was smoking in the garden and he was outside as well. He'd go up to her and soak her with the garden hose. <laughs> no, he wouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> That's laugh. not okay. <laughs> Why are we laughing? We're all going to hell. Yeah, you are. <laughs> because he's so, like, that's like the sort of thing that happens on, like, a comedy, isn't it? Yeah, so she, or, like, like kids. Like, hey, <laughs> fucking leave her alone. She's an old lady. I know. You should be lighting her cigarettes for her, not soaking them. Yeah, but apparently this wasn't just a quick, like, woo, like that with the hose and... <laughs> <laughs> He didn't Mate, helicopter he's a the hose. Uh, I swear, if he's the killer, I'm going to be so annoyed. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't um, think he's the killer because um, someone's going to be get. I uh, yeah, someone's going to get pissed off at him for being a knob. So, yeah, every fucking one. Granny. <laughs> Everyone's a suspect. Yeah, <laughs> all them kids' parents at the rugby. The grandma, the the wife, the children. I mean, the He's wife. Kind of pissing off a lot of people right here. <laughs> it's like a who done it, you know, like who done it on EastEnders when like everyone's a suspect because the person that's been shot is literally the biggest twat ever. Yeah. I it, EastEnders did they do who done it? So is it one of them ones where we know who it is and they take about six months? No, to they find did a who done it a few years back, didn't they? I think when Phil got shot. I didn't feel get I shot know, years and years ago. I haven't watched EastEnders for so long. Yeah, they do loads, don't they? Do it every few years. Like the soaps will do it, and it's like a really long, like six months. It drags mm. out, doesn't it? Yeah, I think. Like, just fucking tell us who did it. We don't really care that much. I think the last time I watched EastEnders was that. You're not my mother. Yes, I am. Oh god, that was years ago. Wasn't yeah, but it? I've never really watched it. I used to watch Hollyoaks. But I don't have English TV at the minute. Uh, right, back to anyway, my story. To, uh... <laughs> so I'm saying the um, wife could be a suspect as well because, you know, if my husband decided to soak my elderly mother outside with a garden hose, I'd be pissed off. Yeah. <laughs> I genuinely just think they're all suspects at this point. Yeah, and this is a granny with a walking stick. She walks with a walking stick. Yeah, don't fucking... And apparently, yeah, he that. would really soak her and then when she'd shout at him... And with her voice, she's like, ooh, like, I could just imagine her going, stop it! I would <laughs> I would be hitting him with my walking stick, never mind shouting at him. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
so yeah, he would really soak her, and then when she'd be like, "Well, why? Why would you do that?" He'd say, "Well, if I see a fire, I'm gonna put it out." That what was a bellend! What a bellend! What an actual twat! Yeah, and also Cynthia did not like his approach to parenting. She didn't like how he treated her, his kids, and also there's certain things as well with the with Laura, the wife, that she just didn't didn't like. And Laura is her only daughter. So she is pretty protective, obviously. She's her only child. She says that he ran his house like as it like a bully would. He sounds like a bully. So, this is mostly coming from her, though. So I don't really know. It's alleged, but the the water hose thing is true. He done it a lot of times, way more than once. One day in, uh, Laura was with her mother in her mother's little granny annex, a little apartment, and then one of the younger children came running in, really crying and saying, Mummy, why do you hate me so much? Because you let, why do you let Daddy treat me this way? Oh, that's heartbreaking. That's really hazard. Yeah, and apparently yeah. he was stood at the bottom of the stairs swearing and shouting. So I don't know what the kid had done. I mean, in a way, I'm a bit like, uh, sometimes I shout at the kids, you know, just when you go off on one a little bit, when it's just been constant, you're just like, for God's sake. But he was really swearing and going a little bit too far, apparently. Cynthia said that that's when she decided to live permanently with them and wouldn't ever move out. So back to this day. On the 11th of February 2014, it's Cynthia's birthday. She was 63. She's uh, getting ready to go out because she's going to go with Gerard to a spelling bee. And then later on for her birthday, she's arranged to go out to a casino with her niece. Lovely. So she got dressed all happy for her birthday. She put on a long orange skirt and then a black T-shirt with the number 22 written on it in in white. And I forgot to write it down, but I think it's some sort of sports T-shirt. I don't know. It must be. It's an American. I was going to say that's strangely specific. Yeah. (laughs) So Gerard was also getting ready to go to his daughter's spelling bee and she was apparently hurrying up because um, he'd actually been known to accidentally forget her when he was going out places. Oh, of course he fucking did. Yeah. And apparently she'd like... like, this idiot. Yeah. Apparently there's this cafe uh, in town that she liked going for a coffee and just having a bit of a sit down, you know how grannies do. And he'd say, oh, I'll come pick you up. And then he'd just leave us stood out there for hours. What a dickhead. heat or cold. He needs to behave, do you know what I mean? Like, sort it out, hun. Yeah, I think if she's, if she's annoying lady. you that much, tell her to move out. I don't know. And she's already in a granny annex. I do think as well, when there's three generations in a house, there's always going to be tension. I mean, there's teenagers, young children. Yeah, but have some respect for your elders, do you know what I mean? Oh, exactly, yeah. But there's always going to be... This has gone to bullying and being purposely spiteful. Anyway, Gerard was getting ready as well. They crossed in the hallway, so she was was going to definitely get the ride with him. Then Gerard looked at her, looked her up and down and said... Go and get changed. You can't go out like that. You look, you look basically you look like trash. And then he said, you know, you look, you look ghetto. Oh. And this kind of made Cynthia snap a little bit. It was the straw that broke the camel's back. 
Oh, I put cack instead of back. The camel, <laughs> broke the camel's cack. That's cat. funny. Broke the camel's cack. <laughs> she went and grabbed her purse and grabbed her newly purchased revolver. Fuck off. Is the granny the killer? Maybe. <laughs> she had actually, What's it would come out later, that she had bought this a few weeks earlier and had been taking lessons in a driving, in like a shooting range. Go on, hun. <laughs> she returned with the revolver and slowly emptied the clip into her un- unsuspecting son-in-law. Unsatisfied. She was a fucking G. Yeah. I'm sorry. I know in general we do not respect killers, but hats off to Cynthia, man. So unsatisfied with this because he was still alive, she yeah. went to her car and retrieved more bullets. And filled yes, up her she gun. Fucking did. Gerard had managed to crawl his way into the kitchen with five bullets in him. He managed to crawl into the kitchen and lock the door. The, bearing in mind again that the grandma walks with a walking stick. So you can imagine how slow she's walking around doing this. So she very slowly, grandma watched the car, filled her car. Well, she, you don't necessarily walk slow with a walking stick. She might need it just for a bit of support. Apparently, though, she was a very slow walker due to this stroke okay. that she'd had. So she returned. She got back into the house and she managed to shoot through the door and shoot the door open and emptied the rest of her gun, uh, the rat, into the son-in-law again. Still not satisfied, she decided to go back to her car and retrieve more ammo again and then return to her still-dying son-in-law and emptied the clip into him one last time. Fucking hell, she was not messing about, was she? Yeah, but you know when you snap, Emma, you know when you've just had a fucking... What? And, and you're just like... I, I'm happy to say... <laughs> Sorry, have you never I've been there? I've never been there. <laughs> like... Well, you know... You've never been saved from a house. I mean, the worst thing I've ever, ever done, like, is throw a tantrum and throw a pot of honey near someone. But it wasn't. I wasn't aiming oh, at them. Yeah. It was just I wanted to Are make you... a mess. Well, what did yeah. Winnie the Pooh say about that? <laughs> and then I just stormed off, leaving the, leaving him to clean up the honey and broken glass. Uh, I once threw a um, pot of, uh, like, a tub of custard at my ex-husband but you know like powder before you make it into custard yeah 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 like the birds yeah exactly that and then obviously he just left and i had to clean it up oh no see i stormed off got on the settee with the dog and was like you can clean it up dick yeah (laughs) clean up that beast no no it was me cleaning it up no. Oh, so no, I can honestly say I've never been to the point that I would go back to my car three times to retrieve bullets to murder somebody. Yeah. But... And it kind of, how I've kind of told the story, it kind of reminded me of Goldilocks. Like, still not satisfied. She goes back to <laughs> Anyway, so this is... <laughs> Cynthia then, it's still her birthday. So... I mean, great day. Cynthia then oh, left her... What a great day to be alive. Yeah. So this is um so this the attack took at least ten minutes in total. So if you think being shot for over and over again for ten minutes, how long that must have felt to Gerard? It is a little bit sad. A lot. Still the father of them kids. 
Um, I'll be honest, I just don't really feel any sympathy for him. Because <laughs> he bullied an old lady. Like, in general, I do, but I've, I say power to her. You didn't paint a very uh, attractive portrait of Joanne. No, I didn't. <laughs> I, mean, I think <laughs> she just did what everyone else wanted to do. Yeah. But, on the other she hand... She took one for the team. There are kiddies involved, you know. Yeah. It's a hard call. I'm not, I'm not pro-murder. No. I but you're not anti this one. <laughs> <laughs> I can maybe, I can see where she's coming from. I think that should but... be a teacher. I'm not pro-murder, but I'm not anti this one either. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 I'm not. You don't kill people. No. you got to keep it weird. Yeah. Keep it weird, but don't kill people. Yeah. So, Cynthia, because it's her birthday, she left her son-in-law dying. She's going to party like, like it's, it's a, birthday. a birthday. She goes to the town and orders bacon and eggs at her favourite diner. That's what she does, the next thing. Oh, she, does she? Yeah, she goes nope. to her nope. local cafe nope. and orders bacon and eggs. And this yeah. is when... She gets weird. No, no, hold on. I'm going to send you a picture of her. So you... That's the second time uh, during this podcast we've talked about bacon and eggs. <laughs> yeah, it made me smile earlier. So I was like, bacon and eggs. Look, there's grandma with a bacon and eggs. Oh, it's not bacon oh, and eggs. Oh, Becky, I'm wondering if I've not seen the interview when she goes yeah, to the Yeah, you session. probably will do because it's quite well known. Now I'm looking at her. Anyway, she looks like a woman who does not give a fuck. Yeah, she's like, hey! <laughs> I'm having my breakfast. <laughs> I mean, she's not wearing her, her teeth face, in public. She does not her give face a shit. Is too much. Good for her. <laughs> Go on, Cynthia. So she gobbled that down. After finishing up her meal, she went to the casino where she gambled. She gobbled that down. She, you're, you're still on bloody Goldilocks, <laughs> aren't you? Yes. She gobbled down the porridge. Still not she satisfied. still wasn't satisfied. Huh? So she went to the casino and gambled for around two hours. Fucking hell, yes, she did. To be fair to the girl, she knows that she's about to go to prison. So what else would you do? I don't know. She's, she's proper happy. Like, you see um, security cameras and she's just, like, mooching about, enjoying her day. You wouldn't think that she's just killed someone. Like, horrifically as well. Yeah. Not just, like, short and sweet and clean and... No, no. no. Horrendous murder. Yeah. So while she was gambling for two hours, the police had got to the scene and found Gerard. He was dead when they got there. At yeah. first, they, the person of interest was his 18-year-old son. As we said. That was my first thought. Yeah. That was my first thought. Yeah, and he'd had a couple of drug offences or had problems with drugs, so the police radar was like, oh, drugs plus a teenager, definitely be him. But it wasn't him, and uh, the only person that they could think that it could be, or that they want to speak to, is Cynthia. So um, Laura, so her daughter, gave them a few places that she normally goes because she's a creature of habit. She does like going to the casino. She likes going to that cafe. Cafe, and they eventually find her having a cup of coffee in a cafe somewhere. That's where she was arrested. They brought her in for questioning, and she really happily obliged. She was real chuffed with herself. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so after sitting down in the interrogation room, they inform her of what's happened. 
they said something happened today at your house unfortunately Laura's husband has passed away so at first she appeared confused and upset when I was listening I thought she was laughing it really sounded like she was going <laughs> like that but it was a like a cry so quickly oh her... so is she is she is she trying to get out of this is she trying to say it wasn't her Definitely at first, anyway, it looks like that at first. I don't have the whole interview, I couldn't find it, but I've just got clips that I'd uh, seen on um, on YouTube mainly. But as the interview continues, her demeanour changes from grieving to, to, to contempt for her recently deceased son-in-law. When they ask how she feels about him, she decided to let it all fly. She at first, like, hand gestured a big thumbs down. And she said that she really didn't like him and um, said that he'd been abusive towards her, her grandchildren, her daughter for years. And she said that she then admitted that she stopped him. And then she, this is what I don't understand, because they tell her at the beginning that he died. And then he said, is he dead? And she said she was asking them, is he dead? Is he dead? And the detectives are saying, well, you tell me. And she said, oh, he's got to be dead. Do you think he's dead? And then she said, oh, I hope so. That's when um, everything went a bit full circle for the detectives. They, She admitted that she'd been planning his murder for weeks. And she was finally pushed over the edge when he called her outfit ghetto. So, oh, great. God. so then again, she asked, is he alive? With glee in her voice. And she said, they said no. And she went, oh, good. Oh, good. Thank you. Thank you. And she goes, oh, boy. Oh boy, <laughs> and that's why. Oh, I, I have, I, I think have, you have seen, seen yeah, this interview. I've seen this one as well. Hold on, I'll send you the photo of what what it was like, what the video. That's what the video looks like on YouTube, and that's when she's throwing her hands in the air, all happy because uh, because he's definitely dead. But oh, it's really yeah. quite sad, isn't it? Because it doesn't. Look yeah, it's, it in. is it's sad. Like... Yeah, because yeah, yeah. Go on, sorry. Because she, like the daughter's devastated, and then her granddaughter comes in, and she, and her granddaughter's crying. Like, why did you kill my dad? And yeah, yeah, yeah it is pretty heartbreaking. Um, but she, that's why I think I personally, I mean, I'm just a random person that's into true crime, but it does look like a little bit of mental health issues because she really has absolutely, well, unless she just absolutely has no remorse at all, but she doesn't seem that bothered about it she doesn't seem for her she was protecting her family and yeah, she doesn't seem, maybe yeah i mean obviously i don't know how much research you did into it but who's to say that she wasn't in an abusive marriage before and you know like she probably feels like she's getting towards the end of her life and if this is one thing she can give her family so like i definitely get what you're saying with the mental health thing but so but I think sometimes people convince themselves they are doing the right thing. Yeah, and that's what I think she definitely did. Yeah. Cause... Do you know, maybe she had some kind of brain damage as well after a stroke. You yeah. don't know what kind of damage was done. And your brain is a funny thing and it only takes a little bit of a tweak here and there. And you're a psycho, so... But it's like that um, that British woman that stabbed her husband. Yeah. And when she found out he was dead, she was like, oh, good. Yeah. Like, yeah, she just had enough, hadn't you she? You think years of abuse, I think people do just snap, don't they? And they're like, fucking hell, I can't be dealing with it anymore. And you so they take a 
bloody big snap to murder someone like that, though, ma'am. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, sorry, Bex. Go oh, on. Oh, no, no. It's good. Um, but um, she didn't know that her daughter and was was in the, you know, that little behind the glass, uh, behind that mirror, yeah. listening to the interrogation. So they could hear her admitting that she killed her husband. So, yeah, that's when... Rejoicing with glee. Yeah. That must have been horrifying, seeing that. I don't know, that, yeah. you know, seeing your mum. <sighs> and then, um, so she, yeah, they came in crying, saying, why did you do this? And she said, you know, I want... She just said, I wanted to. And then her granddaughter came in, or one of the grandchildren, she, you can't see them, they're off camera. And she puts her arms out. Saying, "Come on, come and kiss me," and he said, "No, you know, you just killed my dad." You know, it's really yeah. sad voice. Well, obviously it's sad, yeah. but it's really just heartbroken. These grand that they love, and then they don't have a dad anymore. It's sad. So it went to trial, and in court, Cynthia's daughter, so Gerard's wife, testified in her mother's defence. Uh, her lawyer. Oh, yeah. Her lawyer told the court that his client snapped, and after seeing her daughter and grandchildren mistreated by her son-in-law for years, um, it's not a case of where she did this out of greed or self-interest. She did it because, in her mind, she, she protect. was protecting her family. Mm. Yeah. He went on to ask the jurors if, um, to ask that jurors, jurors find his client guilty of voluntary manslaughter instead of murder and telling him that the case was sad for all involved and no one no winners um but the efforts of the lawyer failed the sentencing um was passed so after de- de- deliberation for two days they found the jurors found cynthia guilty of thir- first degree murder and she... Yeah, well, I mean, that was not going to have another outcome, was it? No. Um, and then in March 2017, she was sentenced to 50 years to life in prison. Bloody hell. Yeah, so she's very likely to spend the rest of her life behind bars, but she has got the yeah, possibility... Yeah, she's not getting out. Yeah, she's got the possibility of parole, I think, after a certain number of years, but I think it's about 20 years. And she's already yeah. 60. In 2017, she was... She was 63 63. in 2014. So, plus... 66? No, well, um, yeah, it'd be 60, 66, 67 this year. So she can have parole when she's in her 80s? Yeah. So, you know, she might not make it to that. So, yeah, that's it. Um, The uh, Gerard's uh, sister testified against Cynthia in court and she for the 15 gunshots that were fired that day she brought along 15 photos of Gerard with his family being a loving father and uh, you know that's uh he was she said you know he was a strict man but he loved his family and he just wanted them to succeed and he was a, a very devoted family man it is sad all around, it's, and I th- um, yeah, it's hard. He isn't it? here is to show his call. side of the story. I mean, yeah. exactly. He it was very mean spraying an old lady with water, but he doesn't, you know, he didn't deserve that for it. And then in no. the in the trial as well, 
allegedly uh, Cynthia put, said that she'd been seeing, she saw bruises all over her daughter a lot. And her niece, Cynthia's niece, came up on the stand and said that she'd seen um, Gerard be sexually violent towards his wife. But this Ooh, is all alleged. There's no, there's no proof. And, you know, I don't know how true any of that is. So yeah. it's just a sad all around now. But it is very interesting. Quite entertaining listening to the um to the police interview, even though it's also very very sad. It's just unbelievable. It's, it's, yeah, it's quite disturbing that interview, isn't it? Yeah, we will post it on Facebook and Instagram and all that jazz. Uh-huh. Well, Indeed, thanks for we that, will. Bex. It's it's yeah, it's a hard one. I don't know how to feel because don't kill people, but also kind of see where she was coming from. It's like a crime of passion, though, that one, isn't it? Yeah. Like... Oh, it's it's hard one, that one. Yeah. Yeah, but you don't know how... I mean, I imagine being sprayed with water and, and thinking that your daughter's being hurt, your only daughter's being hurt, seeing her grandchildren be what she's seeing as bullied. I can see why she was pushed to do it. Yeah. But um, in court, she did cry and did show remorse in the end and just said that she's really sorry that for what happened and putting everyone through what she has done. Yeah. There we are. There you go. Yeah. Thanks, Bex. Thanks, Emma. You're welcome. It's been emotional. Right. So next week, are you doing one, Tash? (laughs) Me? (laughs) I'm joking. I mean, I can do, but I wouldn't... I think you should do a funny, yeah, no, like a, a funny, means. weird news story to bring up, like a light-hearted one, to bring the, yeah, like a mini on, story. Do a, <laughs> do a do a little mini happy weird news. Oh, I see what I can come up with. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Sounds good. Lovely. To lighten the mood, yeah. Yeah. We can end on a happy note. Okay. Cool. Yeah, that'd be great. Like a uh, man, Ooh. man falls on. War memorabilia gun shell, and he goes to A and E. They're not light-hearted. That's not They're funny, intense. Becky. No, he he, like... he went to A and E with it up his bum, and he said that he fell on it. No, oh, <laughs> like okay. it is funny, but I was thinking more like I don't know. Uh, man adopts a goat, and they become best friends, and they watch like beavers and butthead every day together yeah. like that's the type of thing i'm thinking of oh yeah things on every anything anything in florida is usually pretty funny and weird <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah tap dancing sheep that's yeah that's, like something like that, that that would tickle me yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh we are strange yeah yeah okay should we wrap it up yeah yep okay so see you next week girls yeah. see you next week Stay safe. Don't kill people. And keep it weird. Bye. Bye. Bye.